If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, everybody. This is On Deck episode, um, I forget now, 13. I had to look at Lloyd's fingers to know which episode (laughs) it was. Um, Before we get started, it's very important that you know that we do not have a Steam Deck. I know that there's other people that have a Steam Deck. We're not one of them, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't watch this show because we have a lot of news to cover. Are you ready to talk about the, all, all the crazy news, Lloyd? It, it almost feels real now, uh, Bill. Like it's it's super close to feeling real after seeing so many tweets over the last little bit of um, Steam Decks in the wild. Yeah, so we're recording this on the 5th, uh, and uh, I guess from what I understand that uh, some people who have access to the Steam Deck are going to be releasing some of their information on the 7th, and that just happens to be the day that this video comes out as well. So there's going to be information that's like brand new that we don't know about, but that's okay. We're going to talk about it in a future episode, and uh, I imagine that the news ramp up uh, as we approach the launch of the Steam Deck, is going to uh, get faster and faster and faster. So look for more stuff right here on our channel. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast, head on over to youtube.com slash nerdnest and subscribe. And uh, if you are already subscribed, click on the bell and all that stuff. Lloyd, let's get yes, started sir. by thanking our supporters. Matt H. sent in a super chat during our previous episode Uh, He said, what will be your first game played on deck? So what's your answer? Because mine has changed in recent days. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, My first one will it it has to be Skyrim. Like there could be no other game fitting to be played first on my Steam Deck, except for maybe Half-Life. Like if I played Half-Life 2 would be a good fitting game for the first game played on my Steam Deck. Uh, But it's going to be Skyrim. Let's let's be honest here. That's my favorite game of all time. And I'm going to want to play it yet another time on yet another platform even though really it is just playing on pc again (laughs) yeah uh i'm definitely gonna play skyrim but my first game played which i don't know what i said before but i definitely didn't say monster hunter rise but i am completely (laughs) re-obsessed with that game i've been playing it non-stop i can't like last night my wife came upstairs we sat on the couch and we were watching tv and like i had my soda and I like kind of held it in my hand and I go, she goes, what's the matter with your thumb? And I said, my thumb hurts. And she goes, why? I go too much monster hunter. <laughs> she goes, she, she was picking on me because that's really lame. That is. Um, but I mean, let's be honest. I talk about video games all the time. I never play video games for an extended period of time. I usually play for maybe a half an hour and then go do something else or make, you know, record B roll or ye- yell at a microphone for a while. Um, I never play for an extended period of time. And I just had two snow days uh, where uh, I did not have to go to work and I didn't have anything else that I had to do. And we were kind of trapped because the weather outside was, uh, as they say, frightful. Um, So I sat in here and I played Monster Hunter and over and over and my thumb was killing me. But that didn't stop me this morning because I sent Lloyd a message right before uh, we started recording. I said, "Uh, hey, man, I'm... uh, I'm farming materials in Monster Hunter. Send me a message when you're ready to record. So that's right. That's going to be my first one because I'm currently obsessed with it. And I cannot wow. wait to play it uh, with those touch pads. That's going to be a game changer, I think. And gyro. Okay. Yeah, you got it's got its hooks deep into you. Isn't the hook like one of the weapons you can choose in Monster Hunter? So maybe you'll have to choose that weapon on the uh, on, on the Steam Deck. That would be amazing if you could get like if they Capcom make a hook. That would be cool. Uh, we also want to say real, really quick, uh, thank you to our members, which I'm throwing on the screen right now. Uh, we really do appreciate all of you who join. These are just the people who've joined in the past day or two. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, last episode, we had a few comments that people had posted. And, you know, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, leave comments down below. We read every single comment and we will usually pick out a, a few of them to respond to. Um, you picked out this one from 
Mr. Rolnasek, I think I said that right. You want to read that comment off? Yeah. It, at first, I was like, oh, this person's complaining about uh, our content. Um, but it really, I don't believe that that's what this is. Um, so the comment is, I find it strange how people like you talk about demanding or AAA games running on the Steam Deck. You both, like me, already have a capable PC. We just don't want to sit at it all day. And we uh, we all will mostly play games on the Steam Deck at home from the couch or the bed. I have this thing called Wi-Fi that's going to let me play demanding games on the Steam Deck at four, four times super sampled resolution or more since it's only 60 frames a second about half the time whenever my gaming PC just happens to be turned on. I mean, I don't support cloud gaming, but uh, for, for reasons, because my, my PC, at, to, the connection from my PC to my ISP is above 15 milliseconds, which is unacceptable, and my bandwidth sucks. But the ping from one device to another at home is better below one millisecond so i'll really be able to play any of my non-vr games on the deck at very high settings as long as i'm home so uh mr rolnik rolnisek um thank you for that and that that is another use case that i always completely forget about you can stream your steam games from your gaming pc to a steam client whether you have um like a android tv device whether you have a pc or a mac um or other devices to capture this this thing so yeah your steam deck could also be that device so you could be uh, essentially playing big picture mode which is what people used to do but instead of big picture mode you're using steam os3 on your steam deck which is uh which is going to be streaming the game from your gaming pc so a total other use case that i know about but i always forget about when i'm describing kind of the future of what my Steam Deck is going to be, uh, because I talk about uh, GeForce Now or Stadia or xCloud, when in reality, a lot of these games I could actually be running locally, but playing on a more convenient portable device at other places in my house. Yeah, and of course, there's going to be people who, in the comments down below, they're going to say things like, well, you could get like a game, sir, or a backbone and use your phone in order to do that. And that's, that's perfectly acceptable. I personally... I don't really like using those devices with my phone. My phone is a as a it's a communications device for me. Like I use it to I, I might watch videos on it. I, I but mostly it's Twitter and Discord and texting my family. And, and like that's what my phone is for. I don't really use it for video games and as good as this is, and I, I know Lloyd has the the backbone for his phone, and he really, really likes it. But yeah. as good as these are, they are kind of flimsy feeling, in my opinion. They feel flimsy because you are putting your phone in there. I very much prefer the idea of having a dedicated device that is for this purpose. Now, what Mr. Rolnasek uh, was saying does make a lot of sense, except every single time that I've tried using... Uh, Steam Link, uh, the either the app or I actually have an actual Steam Link. For those of you that don't know what that is, leave a comment down below and somebody will educate you. But I have like a, I have an actual Steam Link, and it doesn't work as good as um. I'm sorry, it doesn't work as well as like GeForce Now or Stadia or stuff like that. And I don't know why that is because my computer is. Like it is right here in the house. Uh, it's definitely a better connection. And I've, I've even used the Steam Link over Ethernet. And it's never been that good of an experience where I feel like, okay, I can play this. Whereas when I'm using cloud gaming stuff, I, I have felt like, okay, I can use this. And I don't know why that is. And if you know why that is, let me know in the comments down below because I'm not sure because I, I want to use that. I want to be able to to play games that are on my PC and have it streamed to my uh, Steam Deck. But I've always had a bad uh, experience with it. Yeah, I, it's it's one thing that I've I've only messed around a very little tiny bit with. So, uh, but it is definitely a, a possibility because I know a lot of people that use it primarily. They yeah. have they have they have their PC for PC gaming, but they don't play in front of their PC. They play on the couch all the time, and 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 so it has to work for some people. Um, but like a lot of things uh, to do with streaming, you have to worry about what your network is looking like. So uh, some people might have undiagnosed network issues, which is going to cause some of this uh, latency and slowdown. Although 
although it's it's a lot easier for those problems to be just ignored when you're on your local network because you're not taking anything over the internet. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'll definitely play around with as well um, because I, I don't want to always install every single game on my yeah. Steam Deck. So uh, streaming through GeForce Now, streaming through Stadia, streaming through uh, Steam Link is going to be something that I use pretty liberally on my Steam Deck. But if you use it on a re- on the regular and you have a very good experience with it, if there is tricks that you know to make it better, please let us know down below because I want to take advantage of this. I've just never had a good experience with Steam Link. Yeah. But Mr. Rolnicek, thank, or Rolnicek, thank you very much for the, uh, for the comment. We appreciate it. We also got a comment that came in from Funk Star. They said, if there is a black shell. Black shell. Back shell. If, if there is a back shell to buy for the Steam Deck that have more room at the back and also have an adapter for full-size NVMe SSD with a ribbon cable that you put on instead of the M2 2230 SSD, I would definitely buy that if it's priced well. So basically they're saying, look, we know that Valve said, when if you open this up and take it apart, first off, don't, because that's what they said. Uh, but if you do... Uh, then make sure that when you get the right stuff, it, that it's going to fit in there properly. And when we saw how much stuff is packed into the Steam Deck, uh, it, it looks pretty tight. And so, like, they were even saying that some NVMe um, modules, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but whatever, they have chips on both sides of the thing, and that makes it thicker. So if you put that one into the Steam Deck, it might not fit in. Right. What uh, Funkstar is saying is, what if you have a, ba- a a back shell, the back of the Steam Deck, you take off and you get a different one that is a little different shape to give you more room inside? That's very interesting. Not something that I'm going to do, but but definitely an interesting solution to a problem. I wonder if that's like, I mean, Valve has been super open about this. But do you think like, do you see that happening, Lloyd? Um, I, I think people will 3D print all sorts of things like this. <laughs> um, I remember back to the days of the PlayStation Portable, the PSP, um, back when um, emulation on PSP through custom firmware was being uh, just just investigated. Some of the f- original custom firmware first came out for it, which wouldn't allow you to run pirated software, uh, but it, it had a it had a whole pile of emulators and other things um, that people were using. So uh, I did a PSP podcast back in the day. Um, imagine that I podcast about a platform that I was really passionate about. Um, and a lot of people would, would have emulators running, but those crappy little uh proprietary uh, memory cards the whatever the the memory card was for the psp i can't remember but it was they were way too expensive and too (laughs) small um that was an issue for emulation because you couldn't get a lot of your your actual files onto the psp so a bunch of companies made psp hard drives which were replacement back cases they basically doubled the thickness of your psp and they ran a little small spinning drive in it or a bunch of flash drives in it uh, back with like compact flash um even before like micro sd was really a thing um, I think it was Memory Stick Pro Duo, I think is what uh, the the PSP used or something like that. So this has been done before, and I almost bought one of these way back in the day. So seeing this comment from Funkstar uh, brought back all those awesome memories from, from the PlayStation Portable days. And I could definitely see a case that on the back, right near the top, above where the vents are, um, there's a big gap of space. I could see them having that little thing be thicker, and that would be where the full-size NVMe goes, and then it would run a ribbon cable down to where it actually plugs in by where the grills are. I could definitely see someone working on something like that with 3D printing, make their own. Uh, I'd be worried about radio interference and all that stuff, but maybe yeah. if maybe if you put in some shielding or stuff like that, that would be a really good way to put a, um, a cheaper a version of an NVMe drive in your device because it's not going to be the uh, the, the 2230. It would be the, the the more full-size one, which you can sometimes find for way better deals than the smaller ones. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure that people are going to work on that stuff, and I can't wait to talk about it here on the show. Absolutely. I'm not going to do it, though. I'm not opening <laughs> mine up because I 
cannot put things back together. Right. Um, Caesar Godinez, Godinez, I'm not sure how to say your name, sir. Uh, they said, new to this channel, welcome. Uh, so excuse me if this was brought up on previous episodes, but I was curious if you could get GeForce Now running on these Steam decks. I was thinking how you could save on drive space and ray tracing enable if you have the bandwidth. Um, right. So we have talked about this before, and we just mentioned it a few minutes ago, but uh, yes, because, um, well, okay, probably, <laughs> it will probably work. Uh, there are some browsers that, like, currently, I can't remember the exact details, but currently there are some browsers where GeForce Now does not work on, even though that they are Chromium-enabled, because... NVIDIA hasn't like ticked the box that says, yeah, go ahead and work this way. Um, so that that could get in the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that we'll find out in very, very short order. But I think, you know, Lloyd and I have talked about this a million times in the past. I think the, the Venn diagram of people who are interested in the Steam Deck and, and people who are uh, interested in GeForce Now, that is a very big overlap on those i i believe and it's because a lot of geforce now games are on steam so mm. you you have a lot of people who want to play those pc games and they want to take them wherever they want to go and maybe they don't want to get get an extra back shelf like funkstar or lloyd and <laughs> maybe they don't want to try and squeeze an extra nvme and so maybe they just want to use it at their house and stream it um not from necessarily their pc but from NVIDIA's servers so that they can like take the, take advantage of the 3080 tier or whatever. Yeah. And I do think that that's probably going to work, but we don't know for sure yet. Lloyd. Yeah. It's, it's all going to depend on uh, whether GeForce now um, looks at the user agent string coming from the steam deck and says, yep, you can work uh, because right now it, it very much looks at that string. So whenever, like when uh, Microsoft came out with their, um, with their edge browser, um, that uses Chromium, um, it didn't work initially. And I think they changed some things and, and then it started working. I don't know if it is currently working. Um, but I know that since we're going to have fuller access to this device than we would say in Xbox, there's a good potential that we can just go into developer mode in the Chromium browser and choose our own user agent string, which will then say, yes, I'm running on a PC with an 800 by 600 or uh, sorry, 720 uh, 720 or 800 P screen, whatever, whatever the agent you choose or whatever you're forcing the browser to realize that it's running in, then you can say, yep, I'm just running on a PC. And then GeForce now would just run like it's on a PC. Um, Absolutely. That, so that's going to, that's going to require some, some, manual intervention hopefully it'll just work right out of the box um, because i know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to use geforce now for their steam games that maybe don't or, or aren't as performant as they maybe would want them to be on the steam deck so you can run them on the 3080 tier and get all those uh those beautiful uh ray tracing pixels right to your eyeballs and, and not only that but it would probably be uh you know a longer battery life if you're streaming a game to the device rather than actually playing the game on the yeah. device if the latency is it works out that it works just fine, which I have no, <clears throat> I don't think that that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, then I could see a lot of people using it for that because then the battery is going to last longer. They'll be able to play games for longer. That's right. Uh, but hey, we respond. We read all of your comments and we respond to them. So make sure you leave those comments down below. If for no other reason than just for the algorithm, because it helps <laughs> us out. Uh, and speaking of the algorithm, hit that like button while you're watching because it helps. Let's move on to the news. Uh, <laughs> Steam Deck is launching February 25th. I yeah. mean, not hours. really, though. <laughs> hours after we we went live with our premiere, uh, we, we got this news, which was fitting because that's how it's been uh, it's been going since we've been starting doing the show. Uh, yeah, we, we have an actual launch date, February 25th, Bill. Yeah, uh, as actually this information came out before that's right we had posted our our show but after but recording it happened after we had recorded it right. and i had edited it and done all the stuff so um <laughs> uh february 25th is the launch i don't know that we can really call it a launch because what's really happening is on february 25th if you're one of those lucky people that was supposed to get it in december um but <clears throat> turns out you're getting it in february instead you're not really getting in february you're getting an email in February, right? And when you re when you get that email, you have 72 hours to basically give them your money 
or they're going to move on to the next person. So if you're watching this, make sure that you are like checking your spam folder, double like, or actually don't check any of that stuff so that you miss <laughs> the thing. And then I get mine sooner because uh, like, like we said at the beginning of the show, Lloyd and I don't have access to a steam deck yet. And we want to create content for it. We but do. February 25th, 10 AM PST. Uh, they're going to start sending out those invites. Um, they are the same order that reservations were made. You can only order the steam deck model that you had originally reserved. So if you had, decided on the 64 gigabyte version and you were like, oh, I kind of wish I'd gone with the middle, middle, middle version too bad. You can't change it. That's Lloyd right there. Yep. I kind of wish that I had gone for the $650 model, but at the same time, $650 is a lot of money. So maybe not. Um, and then your reservation deposit will be applied to the final price of the steam deck. So basically you're getting your five bucks already. You've already paid five bucks for it. And this is really cool. Shipping costs are included. Yeah. Um, so they said that the first ones are going to actually ship out on the 28th, which is technically <laughs> still February, which is exactly what Lloyd said last episode. I know because I have to watch it. I have to sit here and hear him and then I have to watch it again while I edit. And I or remember don't. specifically, he said, if they only have to ship one in February, <laughs> it looks like they're going to at right. least one. Right. Yeah, definitely. No, this this is great news. Like it. it their valve is being transparent again and that's what that's what we've been praising them for in this whole process um this is how it's going to work we're going to contact you on this day you have up to three days to give us your money if you don't give us your money your five dollars will be refunded and blah 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 like they're laying it out very specifically and um not leaving a lot of questions that are unanswered so that people can just make their plans, make sure they have enough steam credit sitting on their account or they've, uh, they've called their bank to make sure that they're not going to get any donate denies when they, uh, when they try to put together a $500 purchase or whatever it's going to be for them. Um, very, very good to see this. Um, but like I said, if they ship one on the 28th, they've, they've done what they've said they were going to do. Um, but it definitely looks like they're planning on shipping way more than just one by the end of February. Yeah. You know what else? I, I know that there's a lot of people who are in the same boat as Lloyd and I, and they're like uh, quarter one or quarter two or after quarter two, why they didn't say quarter three, I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> um, check steamdeck.com on the regular after February 25th, because mm -hmm. that's when you're going to start possibly seeing some movement there. So what am I talking about? Well, if somebody doesn't check their email, decides that they didn't want to buy the Steam Deck after all. Maybe some expense came up and they, they, they first off, it was a super easy, no, like no, you didn't even have to think about it. Pre-order that thing for five bucks and you get your five bucks back if you change your mind. Right. I think that there's going to be a lot of people who did that. <clears throat> and then really either they don't have the money or they've changed their mind or they want to wait uh, because they want to see what reviews are like first. I think a lot of people are going to cancel. And if a lot of people are canceling, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. But if a lot of people are canceling, I think people are going to move up in line pretty quickly. So right. maybe we won't be I'm, I'm we're both quarter two, which means I think by June. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so maybe we'll be sooner than we think, because the line is going to start like as people start exiting the line, it's going to get a lot shorter real fast. And then as right. the reviews start coming out, the end of the line is going to extend out even further that's at least how i think it's going to happen yeah i i fully think that's gonna that's gonna happen as well um they say in this update that they're going to be releasing new reservation emails on a weekly cadence so it'll be like every monday or every tuesday or whatever whatever the day happens to be they're going to be sending out the invites for that week so uh, we're gonna be ready for a flood of twitter once a week uh, i got my got my invite or reddit's gonna explode with everybody posting their uh their invite to pay for uh the remaining balance of their steam deck um so this is gonna be good news uh for a lot of people uh every week as we move towards these things being a, a device that you can just go to uh, Steam's client and say I want one, and then it's shipped to you in three days. Um, that's a that's a future, uh, not 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 any any time in the near future that you'll be able to do that. Um, but it's going to be giving us good news up until that point, which is uh, which is a good thing. I'm I'm super excited to get mine. Uh, it's great seeing other people post about theirs, but man, I wanna I wanna have that thing in my hands because it looks like it's just super comfortable to be playing on. 
Yeah, and I just looked, and February 25th is on a Friday, so okay. that means that possibly every Friday the new emails will go out. We nice. don't know for sure yet, but that's what I'm guessing. All yes. right, let's move on. There's another post from the official website, Steam Deck Anti-Cheat Update. Here's what it says. Hello, here's a quick update on anti-cheat. Our team has been working with Epic and Easy Anti-Cheat plus Proton support over the last few months. And we're happy to announce that adding Steam Deck support to your existing EAC games is now a simple process. It doesn't require updating game binaries, SDK versions, or integration of EOS. That's Epic's online services. Alongside our BattleEye updates from last year, this means that the two largest anti-cheat services are now easily supported by Proton and Steam Deck. If your title uses EAC or BattleEye, you can find instructions for enabling Proton support in the partner documentation here. Related to this, we're going to start submitting deck verified test data for tested titles that use anti-cheat middleware on Monday, January 24th. So this is in the past. Um, as with all other deck verified reviews, when that test data is submitted, you'll receive an email notification and access to detailed deck verification data on the landing page for your game. Once this happens, you'll have one week to choose to publish the test data as is or submit a new build for review, after which the data will be automatically will automatically punish, uh, publish, not punish. Uh, so one of the biggest um, impediments, I guess, to getting games running on the Steam Deck because it's running on Linux is anti-cheat. And look, I cannot stand playing video games with people who are cheating. I hate it. So I am not against anti-cheat. I am 100% for anti-cheat, but it causes problems when you uh, are running on Linux because a lot of them see that Linux... Uh, kernel or whatever and the uh, operating system sorry they see that linux operating system and they say that's a cheater and they kick <laughs> them out immediately uh without like even if they hadn't done anything they're just running the game on proton the the the, the anti-cheat thing might not understand what's happening because it was made before this was a thing so i think that this is really really great and from what i understand essentially getting it to work is like an email. Like you say, Hey, yes, let's, let's submit this. And that's, that's really good news. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And and what they're, I don't, I obviously don't know what they're doing, but if I had to make a guess on how they're doing this is they have a version of anti-cheat running in proton and they're just emulating or, or translating the calls to the anti-cheat. So the anti-cheat um, is always reporting back. Yep. Everything's fine. Nope. No, no cheating happening. Yep. All's good here. All's clear on the coast. Um, so they're probably just emulating that it's still running, but it's a different anti-cheat engine that's running. It's amazing that developers aren't going to have to update their games at all. They're just going to have to uh, publish a, a, a new set of uh, configuration data or something, something smaller than what the alternative would be, which would be re recoding something, testing it, going through months of QA on a bunch of different platforms to make sure you didn't break anything else. Uh, this is about as easy as it could be for developers and bravo for Valve uh, to, to get this working before the Steam Deck comes out. Two biggest anti-cheat software running in Proton without any problems. Like that's that's pretty good for overall compatibility on Steam. Right. And they were saying before, I mean, this isn't the first time that they've told us that uh, Epic um, uh, Easy Anti-Cheat was going to be working, (laughs) but people were running into issues where you had to like there's two versions of Easy Anti-Cheat. There's the version that doesn't require Epic's online services, and then there's a version that does require that. And if a game uses the one that requires EOS, then that kind of bungles everything up for the Steam Deck and for Proton. What essentially they're saying is they have solved that problem, and now the games will run even if they require Epic online services if if the developer says, yeah, go ahead and let it happen. And I think most developers probably will do that because that's a level of friction that is fairly low, I would think. Let's move on to another post from Steamworks, and this is Steam Deck Verified Test Requests. Now, 
this was posted on January 28th. It's now February 5th, and we're starting to see some of the results of this. But uh, we'll talk more about that in the next episode when we see a larger sample of those results. But it says here, in preparation for the upcoming Steam Deck release, we've spent the last several months testing thousands of titles. That's awesome. On the Steam Deck on the Steam back catalog for our deck verified program. Up until now, we've been prioritizing the titles. I don't know how to pronounce this heuristically. I think I said that right. You this got is it right. Basically saying based on playtime and interest from deck reservation holders. So if Lloyd pre-orders a Steam deck and plays uh, Resident Evil 7 every day, uh, then that reports to Valve, hey, maybe we should check that because... Lots of people, at least Lloyd, the per, the person that they care about, uh, it, you know, they're playing that game a lot. We want to make sure it works. I think that that's a really good way to do it. Definitely. But now they're they're going to open it up to every everybody basically. Starting today, we're also am enabling a manual submit for review button for titles that you want to prioritize independent of our heuristics. Uh, basically, they're saying, look, maybe. The people who bought a Steam Deck or pre-ordered one aren't playing your particular game a bunch right now, but you want to make sure it's tested so that it can get that fancy little check mark so that people are more likely to buy it and play it on our device. Right. Hit, Click on this button and you will move up into the line to mm-hmm. make it happen a little bit faster, which I think is very, very fantastic news. Yeah, very, very good. It's obviously Valve has a lot of data. So using that data is just a no brainer. Uh, They did a really good job uh, looking at people that both uh, pre-ordered the the deck and also buy a lot of games on Steam, seeing where those overlaps are, doing those tests first. That totally, totally makes sense. Um, Make some of the more uh, interesting um, things that have been popping up on Twitter about games that have been tested kind of make me raise uh, raise an eyebrow or two and and chuckle a little bit. Um, But uh, this is really good to see. And for big developers uh, or small developers to say, hey, no, we want you to test this one uh, over all of our other games first. Um, that just totally makes sense. So um, I, I just can't believe that Steam is going to go through and, and test all these games and make sure they're working. What a what a huge job for their QA team going through these things. I'm sure a lot of it is tool based. They're they're using software that they wrote to go through all these tests. But there obviously will have to be some eyeballs involved uh, at some point. So uh, what, what just a, a huge amount of effort to get all this stuff working, but is something that you have to do if you want to have the best store possible for your potential customers in the future. Yeah, they also said because testing bandwidth is limited and we want to guarantee quick access and turnaround for review requests, we are initially granting access to this fancy little button uh, to only a small set of partners. Uh, We'll be reaching out to partners individually when access is granted, so there's no need to contact us or register anywhere. So I guess basically what they're saying is, devs, just keep checking. Eventually the button's going to show up, and you can click on that button and submit your game for testing, which I think is really good. Right. All right. Let's move on to uh, battery life of the Steam Deck. You know, we mentioned it earlier maybe streaming games from your PC or on GeForce Now or whatever uh, onto the Steam Deck would increase the battery life. But you know what? We don't always have access to Wi-Fi. We don't always uh, have a a good solid connection. And so that's why somebody would want to play games locally on the system. Valve is trying to extend the battery life of that using something uh, that it comes in SteamOS 3.0, and that is uh, an update to Vulkan. And it has, I think it's called variable, I, I wish I, I had it written down and I forgot what it was called, variable rate shaders, or that's not right either. Um, Oh gosh, what's it called, Lloyd? Variable I, rate shading. I was so close. <laughs> variable rate close. shading, which basically says, hey, draw updates on this part of the screen. Don't draw updates on this part of the screen. And that's going to conserve battery. Uh, and this is before the thing even comes out that we're we're already seeing updates that are going to make it better. 
What yeah. do you think about this, Lloyd? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, Valve controls the whole stack on this device from hardware, from from BIOS level to low level hardware to hardware to operating system to drivers, everything that would be on this device. Um, and I can remember similar stories when um, Apple would come out with a new class of hardware uh, and they would come out with a new OS update. And it's like we've we've changed our drivers for this particular thing. And it's it's using way less battery life because of it. Um, so this is something that is pretty common and it is one of the benefits that you get when you control everything on a device from hardware all the way to OS. Um, and there's not very many of those in, in, in the world. Like if Microsoft makes a computer, they control the hardware all the way up to the OS. But everyone that makes PCs doesn't necessarily have that right because they don't make Windows and they can't customize Windows to their needs like Microsoft can for their upcoming devices. Uh, so this is really good to see and not surprising, um, but it's always good to see the, the thought of your device is getting better before you even come close to uh, to, to getting it in your hands. Uh, that makes me very, very, very happy. Absolutely. And then here's another update that is uh, interesting. So one thing, one way to give the player a better experience is with that variable rate shaders. Mm-hmm. Another way is through FSR upscaling. Yep. FSR upscaling, I'm going to explain it as the non-super techie guy, and then Lloyd's going to correct me on it. Okay? So... FSR upscaling basically says we're going to run this game at a lower resolution. We're going to use AI to upscale it to a higher resolution so that it still looks pretty decent. So let's say I'm playing Monster Hunter Rise and they're going to be maybe I'll play the game. It's running at 540p, but then it's upscaled. Well, probably not 540 it's we're running it at 600p and we're upscaling it to 800p to give you higher frame rates. That's going to give you a better experience and longer battery life. Am I getting that wrong, Lloyd? Um, no, uh, you almost are 100% correct. The only difference is FSR doesn't use AI. So DLSS is NVIDIA's version of this type oh, yeah. of thing. And they use an AI program. They train uh, their their DLSS uh, support based on each game. So they have to submit a bunch of high-resolution versions and low-resolution versions of the same frame. They run it through their AI process. They individually or independently train each game for DLSS. Um, FSR is not that. There's no AI involved. It just uses algorithms that um, they're confident will work to take a lower resolution image and make it look okay at a higher resolution. So same idea. Um, they're just coming to that process a little differently. Um, so yeah, this is this is great. So we didn't know FSR was coming. Uh, we heard Valve talk about it, but we weren't sure that it was going to ship. We knew that the hardware itself should be compatible with this. So this is another like turbo button that has just been installed on every Steam Deck before it's even come out of the uh, of the of the factory, which is uh, which is pretty fantastic. Turbo button. Man, Remember those? that takes me Remember back those? to the beige box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hit that turbo button. That's right. Uh, oh, man. Uh, So basically, the Steam Deck FAQ says FSR support will be included as part of an OS future release. That means it's probably not going to be at launch. But here's the thing that I think is really good. Once that happens, games could potentially make use of FSR, even if the games themselves don't natively support it. So that means that the Steam, the, the operating system takes care of that. The devs don't have to because Let's be honest, the devs have made their game. They've moved on to another game. They can't go back and continually update all of their old games. This makes it a lot better for uh, for the devs to be able to continue working on what they have, but we still can get those benefits as the end, end user. That's right. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And well, it probably won't be there at launch uh, unless this is part of an a day one update, although it could be there at launch for us since we're quarter two, 2022. We, <laughs> we never know. Um, this is this is great. This means that in future versions of games, you might be able to run like a 620 by 480 version of the game or six, 800 by or sorry, not 640 by 480. Yeah, that's that's a standard VGA resolution and then upscale it to your 800p and you can have even 
more uh, frame rate or more bells and whistles turned on that then FSR is going to smooth out that expansion from um, from from the 600p to 800p. Um, but where this will make even bigger of a difference, I, I'm thinking, is when you have your Steam Deck docked and you have a 4K monitor um, hooked up to your your Steam Deck. Maybe you want to run a game at 720p or 1080p and then have FSR do that upscaling for you instead of trying to run the game at a higher resolution. So this is going to have multiple benefits to using the Steam Deck, but it's going to take the hardware that is shipping day one and it's going to give it um, an expanded life that you wouldn't have unless this was supported by the hardware, by the OS and and everything else that, that has come together to make it uh, something that you'll be able to use on your Steam Deck one day. Yeah, and then we have this uh, this article from Boiling Steam where they talk about there's um, it looks like a, a Chinese build of the Steam Deck, and uh, somebody clearly breaking NDA, going through all kinds of settings, and right. basically they're showing a lot of things that the end user is able to change. Now we don't know if this is. Like if they're in the dev build or what, 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 what's it called where you can enable dev options or something? Yeah, if you go to developer mode. Um, developer. Yeah, okay, I guess I was right. Yeah. Yep. So it, like we don't know if this is in developer mode or just like regular mode, mm-hmm. like bill mode versus Lloyd <laughs> mode, I guess. Uh, and they have there's 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 a bunch of settings that they are able to go through and very and tweak in order to get exactly what they want. Basically, the GPU settings are fully customizable. And one of the things that's in there, along with interface performance, GPU performance, frame rate limiter, TDP setting, which I don't remember what that is off the top of my head. And then there's FSR activation. Right. It's like right in there. And they were accessing it through the touchscreen and stuff. They just turned on FSR. So uh, it seems weird that that's already there if they're talking about it being a future release, yeah. but that might be um just hidden behind an extra layer to keep idiots like myself from breaking things. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is this is obviously something that is in the dev kits. I don't know if this will be included at all with the retail versions. Uh, maybe it'll be a developer mode that you can turn on, and then this is there. Um, but this gives you overclock uh, capability on your device, uh, which is which is great. Um, some overclock capability, but also frame rate limiters. If you want to say, I, I don't want my screen updating past 30 frames a second, you can put a 30 frame or 30 FPS limiter right on your, your device. Um, we'll see if this comes right at launch, but this is really cool. This would normally be stuff that would be part of like a BIOS, uh, or run low level on whatever OS you're running to do any sort of like overclocking on your CPU, um, to have it built into the menus makes total sense. Uh, but it makes total sense more for developers. So, um, but it's an open device. I'm sure we'll get, uh, people will be rooting their steam decks with the developer version so they can write their own code and, and, and have it hooked up directly through, uh, um, I guess a USB-C connection, but act as a serial connection for debugging and all that other stuff. I'm sure that'll all be available, um, but it'll be interesting to see if this type of like turn on, uh, turn on everything or your, your TDP settings <laughs> right from within your BIOS. I think that might confuse more people uh, than it would help, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about devs uh, who have access to the Steam Deck already, and they've been uh, praising. They've been really praising it. And look, they don't have like they don't have a dog they don't have a, a dog in this race. Mm-hmm. Like they they're like, I, I want my games to sell, but my games are gonna sell on PC whether or not the Steam Deck is uh great. So I, I think that if when you hear a dev talking about that it's a that that the Steam Deck is awesome, I think you can probably take that and say, Hey, I can run with that. That sounds great. Uh, and we have a bunch of uh, really high praise coming from devs in this PC Gamer article. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one from 60 Gig Games. They said, I did have some issues with controls, but my game is not designed for a controller at all. It doesn't even have the code to detect or respond to controller inputs. That was Raymond Dorr, the guy who owns 60 Gig Games and made Rise of Ruins. Then they said the touchpad for the mouse, I dare say, might be the best I've ever used. I need to design a controller layout for it as well as write controller support for the game. But I suspect my game will be playable on that on it when it's done. Uh, And it's like there's just quote after quote uh, from devs talking about how great this is. Things like um, 
the the issues I'm encountering feel like dev build sort of issues. They're not really bothered me. The dev said I get firmware update updates fairly regularly. They're working really hard and it shows. Um, and then we got Mike Rose, the director of no more robots. He said the steam OS feels like it always has 90% great. You know, when you use steam big picture and it's a bit like it's nearly great, just a little niggles here and there. I don't know what that means. Maybe he's British or something. That sounds like a <laughs> British word. He's probably going to tell us about uh, uh, Bowman's <laughs> fingers. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's how the Steam Deck feels. So he's like, it's almost there, but hey, it's not even out yet. So that's really good. Uh, any any quotes that jumped out at you, Lloyd? Um, not not really. Um, there's just uh, some people um, are are still wondering how this device will be there there's a quote i'm a bit worried about support i had a steam controller steam link hc vive and a valve index and two of the four are pretty much discontinued uh that's from raymond kuyan uh project manager and cto for the sake project um but that said since there's very little work required on the developer side i think as long as proton is maintained the deck will continue to be up to date for the latest games so that's that's really kind of the crux of of the worry for a lot of people is like is this device going to be unsupported but the fact that it's just a pc means that either um, proton as an open source project just needs to continue updating and then someone at valve has to keep updating the os or some third party um, group is going to have to come together do a fork of um, steam os 3 and continue updating that in the future so even if valve um, gives up on this project um, the homebrew community can keep this device updated and working with the latest and greatest games um, provided uh, they can get they can keep that proton support coming so that's that's my worry for the future of a device like this but it's just a pc so i'm less worried in in this instance i i see absolutely no chance that valve walks away from i can't proton yeah. because they don't like the idea of windows is the default for gaming and they yep. like they have, and I'm putting words in their mouth, but they've been trying to push people towards Linux for a long time. And it, it, it makes a lot of sense for them to keep doing this. Even if they stop make, even if this is the only handheld PC device out there, yep. I don't see them walking away from proton and, yep. That's, that means that it's not like that's that benefits everybody. I mean, it doesn't benefit me because I don't have a Linux desktop. I have too much other stuff that I have to do <laughs> for content creation that I right. can't switch to Linux. Don't and feel free to let me know all the ways that I could. I'm not going to, um, <laughs> but it, like they're going to keep working on this because they don't like the idea that Microsoft is the de facto gaming platform. Yeah, the Proton represents the next 10 years of Valve's future. They want to have Proton up to snuff, running the latest and greatest games, every anti-cheat engine, everything running um, as, as best as it can, because they want SteamOS to run on more than just the deck. They want to have gaming PCs come from third-party manufacturers that have SteamOS loaded on it by default. They want that. They want that tie-in um, to their store to gaming PCs. It totally makes sense from a business standpoint. But also from being good shepherds of the gaming industry standpoint, they want to update Proton so that people that are just putting together their own Linux uh, PC will be able to then install all the stuff that they need to make the latest and greatest games run because valve is always about making gaming more accessible and more worldwide than just the rich people that have uh $2,500 PCs. They've always been, um, they've always been on the other side as well, that low cost PCs and people that can't afford the, all the bells and whistles should be able to play games too. So this is, this is like, uh, I, I see proton as a major focus over the next 10 plus years because they want uh, people to buy a Chromebook and play every steam game. <laughs> they don't want you to have to uh, buy a gaming laptop to do it, you buy a Chromebook and st stream it through cloud gaming or run a, a lot of the lower uh, powered games uh, just through proton right on your device. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of your device, uh, there's a dev kit out there uh, from one of the people who are, I think it looks like they're a moderator at the Steam Deck. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Subreddit, subreddit. For the subreddit. And uh, they said, successfully connected, six Bluetooth controllers, one Bluetooth speaker, one wired <laughs> controller, a physical keyboard, and a mouse 
to the Steam Deck dev kit, uh, which is very interesting. I, I I personally don't see why. Like, I, I would not do this. I'm <laughs> sure that there are reasons why people would do this. However, it's interesting because it reminded me of all these. Um, there's There's some games out there where you're not going to be able to play multiplayer games. I think that um, like the, the new Lego game that's coming, I think that that one's not going to be multi- like you cannot play multiplayer with the steam deck or something because you can't un you can't like turn off the first controller and mm. put the controllers in order or something. And so it's not supported for that reason, but man, you can hook a lot of things up to the Steam Deck. <laughs> I'm curious, we've talked about this on the show before, what people would hook up to the Steam Deck. Obviously, there's a lot of things that you can hook up. What things, what would you hook up, Lloyd? Um, a wired Wireless controllers for multiplayer would be both the only thing that I would do. I, I'm impressed that they were able to get six Bluetooth controllers and a Bluetooth speaker hooked up yeah. um, just to have that much bandwidth um, through the through the Bluetooth connections to be able to support that many connections is, uh, is amazing because uh, the reason why the Nintendo Switch didn't have the ability to have uh, Bluetooth audio is because they had all of their channels um, set for people using joy cons. And then they realized that most people only ever use two joy cons. So having the ability to use eight of them on your device at once, but limiting people not using Bluetooth, um, USB C, uh, and Bluetooth audio, uh, wasn't, was an issue. That's not going to be an issue here. <laughs> you can obviously hook up six controllers and a speaker. I'm sure maybe you can even hook up some more. Uh, that is a ridiculous amount of connectivity. Um, but for me, yeah, I'm going to hook up maybe one or two controllers depending on the game. Uh, but that's only if I ever decide to dock this thing on a on a television because having it on the actual device um, that that just wouldn't be super usable for me. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I'm going to hook up to it, and that's these right here. They're my uh, my, yes. uh, my headphones, uh, my Bluetooth headphones. Uh, I, I love my Bluetooth headphones. Uh, I, I, I hooked them up to my switch. It was awful. It was a bad experience. It was very latent and and slow. Hopefully this is different than that. Uh, but definitely going to be hooking up my Bluetooth headphones to the steam deck so I can sit there on the couch. You know, maybe my wife is watching a show or reading a book or something. I can sit there next to her, play a game and not bother her with the sounds, which is, which is awesome. That's exactly what you want. I just hope the buttons aren't too clicky because that's the one thing I, I do that a lot with my switch, but the switch buttons are very clicky. So if my my wife is is trying to have a nap or, or sleeping and I'm playing with Bluetooth headphones, she's like, your controller is too loud. Can you stop that? And I'm like, oh, OK, so even with Bluetooth headphones, it doesn't that doesn't work. Hopefully the Steam Deck's a little different. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I guess with most games, because we have um, with the Steam Deck, we've got those four buttons on the back. Right. And we've got the uh the triggers and the touchpads and stuff i i see myself probably not hitting those face buttons very often however i will say this uh if you push the um back triggers on the or, and the bumpers on the steam controller they are probably the loudest <laughs> clickiest um buttons that i've ever hit on a controller and i, I almost think because it's because the steam controller because of its weird shape is like a lot of it's hollow and so it makes it even louder mm-hmm. one thing that we do know is that that steam deck is packed full of stuff so maybe it won't sound that bad i am curious what it sounds like when you're pushing those buttons uh if it's loud or not but i don't know i think that it's going to be fine uh we'll we will see definitely all right let's move into the end of the show where we talk about what's on deck there's a couple of games that have been announced obviously way more than, than what we're going to list right here. I've got three that I picked out. Uh, well, Lloyd picked out this one. Street fighter five is yeah. still on deck and they've, they've, it looks like they've got that, uh, that I've seen these, these, uh, fighting game pads before where it's just a bunch of buttons. Yes. Uh, I love this little controller. I would love one of these. They're really expensive though. Uh, cause they use like really sensitive, um, what is it brown switches or or blue it's not reds that you use in keyboards it's the other ones, ones. that w- lloyd's wife would say your controller's too you're, loud. you're too clicky you're too clicky exactly <laughs> um but the fact that it's plugged in is great i i just i love the 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 dongle the the dongle hell that they have sticking out the top they have a usb-c to usb-a uh adapter which is always fun to see but 
the fact that you don't even have to think about whether this will work because it's just a damn PC makes me so happy um, that I have I have a whole bunch of weird controllers from back in the day of like emulators and uh, trying to use um, uh, fight sticks on like my my Super Nintendo. I, I wonder how many of those through adapters I'll be able to actually use on my deck. It'll be interesting to uh, to mess around and, and see what will work. So you mentioned emulators. I um, we didn't plan on talking about this, but I installed RetroArch or RetroArch, depending on who you talk to, how you right. say it. Um, I, I installed that, and I've got my like ROMs loaded into it and everything. That is a really clean, easy yep. to use front end. Yeah. Uh, although I d- I am running into an issue where like I say scan this directory and it comes back and it didn't find half of the games that are in that directory and then I go in and manually load a game and it's there. So I'm not sure what that issue is, but at the end of the day, it's really not that big of a deal. Sure. Um, man, this is going to be the device. Like I have, I have a bunch of these devices yep. for emulation. Uh, like this is the pocket go and I have a, another smaller one that I have and there's a third one that I have that I had purchased. And then when I got this one, I gave that one to my son and these are all fine. Yep. Although this one stopped turning on for some reason, like <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with it. It just won't turn on at all anymore. Um, but all of these things are fine, but they're not going to be anywhere near as good as the steam deck is. And I just cannot wait to just have that thing with me with all of the, all of my old retro games and be able to play those. Mm-hmm. It's very, very exciting. hundred percent rich retro arch or arc is, is amazing. Uh, be able to load all those emulators. Uh, the thing that I'm really hopeful is I, I haven't read recently to see if there's any updates that talk about this, uh, but it'll be really cool if you can uh, get through the interface with the touch screen or using the buttons, like have multiple controls to go back and forth through all of your games um, it'll be great to see different front ends come up so you can have kind of like a, a, a retro pie, but you're, but you're running on your steam deck and things like that, just to, to, to make the interface that much better. Um, I'm going to be spending a lot of time emulating games on this device. Um, as you can see, I, I, I like collecting cartridges, uh, but I don't like hooking up my systems to old TVs or using my retron to, yeah. to play those games. So doing it all on my, on my steam deck is just going to be a, a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of retro games, and it, mm. hopefully this isn't offensive to uh, the guy that makes uh, 30XX, but it is a, I'm going to say, uh, an homage to Mega Man. Yep. Some people might use another word, uh, but it is a Mega Man game in 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 pretty much every way. Uh, but they said Steam Deck feels pretty great so far. 30XX gets an easy 60 frames per second, great fit for the device. Uh, 30XX is actually a really fun game, by the way. If you like Mega Man games, you're probably going to enjoy that. Yep. Uh, but that's another game that is on deck. And then one of my favorite games from last year, mm-hmm. uh, they tweeted this out. Valheim game is ready for Steam Deck from Valve Software. It's very impressive piece of machinery. I'm looking forward to the release and playing Valheim on the go with my friends. I replied to this tweet and I asked them, I said, can you use the touchscreen for inventory management? They did not reply. Oh, that would be amazing. You can, because in Valheim, that is like the biggest pain. If you want to play with a controller is managing your inventory is such an absolute chore. But if I could open up my inventory and just reach over with my finger and drag it from drag a (laughs) thing out of my bag and put it into a box. Right. Oh, that is a game changer for Valheim. And I would I would be so excited for that. I'm already excited to play it on there Mm -hmm. because there's workarounds for like managing inventory. It's just not a great experience. But if you could just use the touch screen, oh man, yeah. that would be fantastic. Yeah, that that would be uh, fantastic. It should be doable. It would just emulate a mouse drag from one to the other. But uh, yeah, they, they'd have to make sure that they're going to accept that uh, as an input or there's some way to like make Steam input do it. Um, that, w- that would be really great. Uh, Valheim, fantastic game, uh, but it is surprisingly taxing on computers. So I, it's really great to see that it is running um, decently on, on the deck. Uh, that's a game that um, a f- some friends of mine made this whole 
uh, like Viking Village, and um, I'll I'll play Valheim on my system, and I'll get 100 frames a second, no problem. I step into their Viking Village, and I get 12 frames a second. Uh, I just wonder <laughs> how many how many Steam decks that uh, village would melt just by loading up the game while being there. Uh, there's a lot of items there, uh, but yeah, really great to see. And this is a game that I'm going to be playing a lot on my Steam Deck. Yeah, and you you couple that with FSR and um, variable rate shaders, uh, and running it at at a maximum of 800p, Mm -hmm. I think it'll probably run okay. And I think think that's what what Valve is counting on is the FSR, the variable rate shaders, and a low resolution screen. All of those things together are going to make a lot of those games run very very well. Are they going to necessarily run at 60 frames per second? No, probably not. But 30 frames per second if you're not playing a first a competitive first person shooter it's probably okay it, yep. it's not ideal but then again it's a a $400 device versus you know a $2500 computer that you're you know you're trapped at your desk to play yep. i think that that's pretty compelling and like we said at the beginning of the show you can always stream from your computer or from GeForce Now or wherever uh for some of these games as well so i think that I think the Steam Deck is really in a good place right now, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. By the way, if you want Lloyd and I to get our hands on it, we're not looking for a free one, mm-hmm. okay? We'll, we're willing to pay, but if you want us to be able to make content, feel free to reach out to Valve and, and say, hey, <laughs> we think, and do it nicely, nicely, we think that these guys would be able to make really good content if they had their hands on a Steam Deck please feel free to let them know. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Right. Yeah. We'd, would love that. Obviously we're not expecting anything and nor do we deserve anything, but we, we know we have a lot of uh, people that come here each and every time we put out an episode, every time we put up a video uh, that is dealing with a steam deck, we have a large uh, steam deck audience that is just hyped for more information. And just the thought of being able to create content um, for these people makes me very happy. Hopefully we can do that sooner rather than later. All right, that's it for this episode of On Deck. Uh, this has been episode 13? 13. 13. What's he going to do when we get to 20? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out then. I have to learn uh, more but, numbers. What's that? I said I have to learn more numbers. Well, I have yes, to, learn to learn more ASL numbers. I know the number. That's right. I know he knows all the numbers, all <laughs> of them. Anyway, that's yep. it for this episode of On Deck. Thank you for hanging out with us and spending time with us. You could have been anywhere, but you decided to hang out here. That makes you awesome. If you enjoyed it, Make sure you click on that like button. We're out of here. Have an awesome day, everybody.